Hello and welcome, or welcome back, to Perfect Fuck-Ups. I'm your new host, Vincent Stöber. As you might have guessed by the new cover picture of this podcast, we are starting into a new chapter where I'm taking over from our previous hosts, Lina and Martin. And I can tell you, I couldn't be more excited for this journey. So if you are asking yourself, who is he? Well, then here is a short background. As a native German living in Denmark, I have been part of the startup ecosystem in the Nordics for a while now, both as a founder and co-founder myself, as well as consultant and coach for startups and their founders. I have been so much looking forward to today's episode with our guest, Rike Skütte. This time, we will actually be zooming out and take the bird's eye meta perspective on perfect fuck-ups. We will explore why the openness around failure, imperfection and vulnerability has become such a trend and part of our current culture. In my eyes, there is no better fit for that perspective than today's guest. Reke is a researcher, a designer, consultant, speaker and, well, from what I've witnessed, someone who is able to sense things that not many of us can, but also someone who is then able to translate these things into concrete reality so the rest of us can make sense of it too. Her work is based on over 20 years of experience, studies and a background in performing arts, as well as retail design and anthropology. So with no further ado, let's jump into today's episode. All right, Rike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. To start off, I must say, I think I've never really encountered someone whose LinkedIn bio says that they research the future Can you just maybe as a starting point tell us like what inspired you to take that as a career path? Yeah, I, I completely understand what you mean. Um, well, I've always been interested in, and, and curious about the human behavior and how we develop our history back to when we were apes and, and also yeah. <laughs> from an anthropology perspective, actually. And I'm actually educated in theater. So the theater business with storytelling and scenography and, and stage building was a big part of my 20s. But there was also a lot of curiosity about why do we do this in society? And why do people do this? What are the tendencies? What do we follow? And why do everybody follow this or not that? So my interest started very early. And then I educated myself after that as a designer and the curiosity followed up and I started to study more into anthropology and combined that with the design process and the design process is within interior room design but also in product design but I was always questioning Why should we have another chair, another room, another thing, instead of uh, why do we produce, what do we produce, and so on. So the future thing came in for, I think, the past eight years, ten years, where I started my company. I wanted to go more, instead of only working backwards, looking at history, I found and learned methods to do trend research and the uh, anthropology method and the design method. I combined that in my own kind of way 
And then I use my intuition as well. Okay. So today, actually, I can, you call it a futurist or futurist or, or, or when people work with the future. But my very big interest is how can we transform and understand the future behavior a little bit better so we can produce better things for human and nature. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super interesting. Okay. And then can you just briefly take us on that journey? How are you researching something that hasn't happened yet? Oh, like yeah. Researching the future. Yeah. Well, as I said, it's different kind of methods. It's not only data. A lot of people use data, with which is technology or, or anything like that. I have that as well. But I do a lot about shadowing and felt work. And what I mean about that is actually going into a project where I understand and interview people. I also look on the behavior, how they how they translate things they need to do. For example, within directly projects that I'm uh, hired in to do, I do that. But on the bigger scale, I look at co- economy, social drivers. Um, I read... A lot of stuff. I, I read like six yeah. books, in not in a row, but different books about human behavior, but also about um, uh, story history and what, what, what does crisis do when and how do we react to that? How can I combine that into different kind of trend methods? That's a long story if I need to take you through my met- methods. But I have I have a variety of stuff that I do. I close and then I open up and then I close and then I, I'm i making a guideline and then I see suddenly some kind of similarities. And when I see strings of similarity, which is things that are known, but also new things, then you have not, not, an, not a true answer, but you have an insight. And I grab, I grab to that insight And one thing can be, for example, many years ago, we started to talk about sustainability, which would be a mega trend. And a mega trend is one of those trends where it's not going to pass for the next five or 10 years. That's something that's going to change the paradigm shift of the world. So you could say like you take these individual insights that you get through different channels and all, all sorts of things and then... When these are like woven into each other, that's for you what kind of gives you the North Star and kind of gives you these tendencies, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I pinpoint them out in different themes and I try to to see, okay, then there's something about well-being. What is it about well-being? I have a lot of research that people are talking about the meaningful life. Um, they want to feel good in everything they buy, in everything they surround themselves with. So, okay, there must be something about feeling good and having a good life. And I see that in different, a lot of varieties, not only in design. Then I'm, then I'm, I kind of narrow that down to a focus point and I run with that. And then I translate that into how we're going to live and work. No, live and design in the future. So I help designers and 
companies to, for example, design for better well-being. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I think that paints a picture that right. I can totally understand, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. And I mean, this podcast is all about imperfections, being open about your failures, mm -hmm. this whole new theme of vulnerability opening up also as a business person, especially. And at least I feel that this theme of perfect imperfections just seems to pop up in so many different domains these days. What do you think? How, how come? Why yeah. is that? I really think it's a good, good question, but also a good theme because I've, I've, I've um, looked into it a couple of years ago when, when people started to talk about a word like flawsome, like awesome flaws. Yeah. And um, wabi-sabi tendency, which mm. is like the Japanese tendency of making things a little bit not as perfect. Yes, of the beauty in imperfection, uh -huh, I think, right? Exactly. Yeah. That came like a, a, a wave after this very um, perfect world in the 90s and the, and the, and the zero, the 2000 and up and the 10th. And as a counter effect, like we have in history all the time, that's why we can do tendencies. We always see like waves going in, in and out. We see this counter effect um, starting a little bit before Corona, actually. And suddenly Corona came and the crisis came, economy came, the wars. Right now I call it like the, the, the loss of meaning. Uh, the world of loss of meaning. People are like, what, what are we going to do? And then a natural counter effect on loss of control is sometimes also just being human being real and wanting the truth and then of course the the the, the society's massive trying to make us more and more perfect a feeling of uh, so me social media of course all of that but one thing i think is very like the anchor of this is very much to do with a tendency I see very much right now is we, we are actually just human and we want the truth. We are so sick and tired of fake news. We, we, we want to see transparency. Uh, we're longing for that in a way. And that's in branding, products, whatever we want to pursue and buy. Um... Because we've we've we have a low trust right now. Actually, Denmark is one of the highest countries within trust, but we have a very low trust level within Denmark. Actually, oh, interesting. Uh huh. Okay. And that is measured for the lowest in in many many years. Okay. So it has something to do with the imperfection tendency. Um. It's always t trends occur very often from a feeling of missing something. Right. If you have that void of some sort, right. if 
aspects of society as a whole starts to perceive it as something is lacking or something yeah. is just so obviously negative maybe. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably always one of these two sides where it's either the suffering is strong enough or the desire for something new is big enough. Yeah, exactly. I guess right? it's always one of these two strings pulling yeah. if actual like paradigm shifts uh, yeah. paradigm shifts or major new trends arise I would I would assume at yeah. least yeah. very true very true yeah that's very that, uh, correct you need somehow you need you need a counter effect or you need something where the pendle is is uh, very much out here to to someone to grab it and sometimes it's just a, like a micro trend that goes like it's away tomorrow Or, or other times it's these bigger shifts. Um, and I actually think that one of those, and, and the podcast theme right now, is one of those that's going to stick for a long time, not not as sustainability or well-being, but I think it's something that is had been built up or have been built up on over many years. And it's a, it's a very good counter-reaction to societies and economies and the way we built the western world <laughs> yeah so you would say it has been sort of in the making and has been cooking sort of under sort of under the tip of the iceberg for probably many years already and now what we see in society and also like us as business people on linkedin and so on becomes more and more about vulnerability and all of mm -hmm. that now it's essentially just surfacing what has been building up for for many years probably yeah, yeah yeah exactly and it's i call it a quiet rebellion before we had like in the 70s we saw we didn't have social media and in, in the same way we saw the 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 people on the streets they were out fighting for things women's rights they were very big a lot of things and we saw design we have a lot of history rebellions and and like that but this is a kind of a another way of being a rebellion uh, in society today to choose not to be per perfect in a yeah. more not that it's more quiet but it's not rational out in the streets it's more on social media and, and how you produce it or, or, or just how you present yourself and then I mean talking more about the business side of things when business leaders then open up around their own imperfection. What benefits do you think is this vulner vulnerability bringing for mm. maybe both the team that's impacted by it, the organization as a whole, mm. where that company does things differently? I think it's a human part again. Somehow we are on a level right now with the human being that we we somehow know that we, we need to... Um, correspond with each other corona also learned us that we are nothing without each other in a way that it's very not good to be alone but another thing is also the the well-being thing um i know that i speak very much in meta but i can try to take it down a little bit um what you said said about um specifically in business and maybe a leader or a marketing You want to be recognizable. And when you do that, you, you share, you, you open up of a kind of transpar transparency. And that makes something truthful. 
And that's a counter-reaction on fake news, greenwashing, uh, sell, 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 which is very, very um, likable right now in, in these times because it brings us back to being human and, and, and seen. So, mm, yeah. It's probably a lot about authenticity that comes also, with this, exactly. right? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. then it makes you more, probably as a leader, like more trusted, more likable, of course, more authentic, mm -hmm. where then that has positive interpersonal effects on your team, on the organization as a whole, probably. Exactly. And we've also moved away from the big boss um, era where you see the, 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 you know, the we can see it in fashion as, as well as we see um, the bosses with, with just cozy clothes on and, and they look like as the employees. They do not sit up in a corner by themselves with closed doors. They want to be a part of... So we, we are in a time and a period of time where we want to merge people together and there's the hierarchy is more not seen in a way. Mm -hmm. Do you then think we begin to see individuals as kind of unauthentic if they portray themselves as being perfect, like through media, through whichever channels that is? Yeah, you, you actually all already see it. I, I have interviewed a lot of people, actually leaders, who who says I need to find my own feelings and inner voice instead of how can I become more a perfect leader than how can I become more me. Right, sort of owning and embracing uh -huh. your actual core instead yeah, yeah, of yeah. polishing yeah, the polishing, surface that polishing, you've sort of polishing. trained. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you train all that. When you're, yeah. you're, especially if you're over 50, that's how you're trained, or over 40, 30. That's the generation where you've been trained to pursue the, not the perfect uh, job, but perfect thing, but, but, but normally that's what society was giving you an applause for. That was... And, and that's human being as the animals we are we want to be applauded and we want to to have our treats so we 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 try to do the best for for whatever is needed in the flock right now we see that you are being pushed a little bit away from the from the clan if if you are too perfect because we see it as a unhealthy within the well-being tendency you don't take care of yourself And how can you take care of anybody else as well? And also, the perfect is something to do with the world right now. Is it alarming? And that's not so perfect. So if you try to be perfect, that's not the truth with what we see. So the transparency within the media is also showing us a lot of unperfect things. And we are very much aware of everything right now. That probably is also related to new platforms emerging, like Be Real as a, mm -hmm. as a new social media platform, right? Where that is very much like a, a good counterpart maybe to the whole Instagram culture where it was, at least until recently, I think it was very much until perfection, right? Portraying the best aspects yeah. of your private life and then LinkedIn kind of being the equivalent on the business side of things. Yeah. Whereas now with Be Real as a platform, That really breaks through mm -hmm. this 
kind of yeah older image that had to be portrayed on on Instagram and other platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the funny thing is with with these with time when when that when it develops, there's two things. There's technology that that also has a lot to do with this tendency because technology can be perfect for us. It's very uh, not tactile. It's not very right now robotic, not very human in emotion. So as the species to survive, we in a subconscious way know that to survive, we need to. We need to try to be more real because the robotic, the robots cannot. They are perfect. Give you all. I'm, I'm doing like not perfect in a way, but they give you like a very straight answer. Chat, GBT, blah, 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 blah. But what do you have that they do not have? You have right now the emotions, the, the, the fuck-ups, the, the things that go wrong, that uh, I spill my coffee. And it's probably only through that that you can establish genuine connection between people, right? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting, yeah. Um, what do you think, what role does this whole notion of zeitgeist play in this topic What can you can you see about the about development zeitgeist. or the zeitgeist right now? Yeah, and how that is interrelated with this whole imperfection, vulnerability topic. Well, for example, as I said, technology, which is very much up right now, sustainability, well-being, everything, and the meaningful life. That that's kind of the subject, sub or the big themes in zeitgeist right now, time spirit, which and the future, the next couple of years, that everything that has to do with sustainability, the meaningful life, the the well-being I need to nourish myself and the people I love, um, community as well. Well, the imperfection is also one of the themes, but it, it lays like this overlay or this shadow or this cloud over everything so it's actually a tendency that gives you the opportunity to breathe right. within all this, I'm sorry, shit we need to do. Because we have a lot of anxiety. We have media all over. We need to save the planet. We need to save the wars. We need to not be sick. We need to, we need to, we need to. So this tendency is one of the counter reactions of not giving, sorry, a shit. So it's a kind of relief in all of the things that we need to do and be aware of. And that gives us kind of a, you know, okay, thank you. Let me breathe for just one moment. You see it very much in the design field that I work with, that we see, for example, glass or clay or furniture that are put together You see the transparency, not in the fabric, but actually you see how it's put together. More simple. You see um, that the fluent language, form language, is more imperfect. It's more done like it's. it looks like, it, like it's thrown down a ladder or something. Yeah. So the 1950s where you were, were like having these chairs that were perfectly... Um, fitting and everything was like in mahogany and and you don't see that so much right now you see that it's more 
raw, rough. And that's a big thing within my field where you see the, the imperfection is, is being laid out there in the sides, guys. And that gives a relief. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. To the observer you, as well. Yeah. Yeah, how you can then actually translate these tendencies from, okay, what is society and human culture doing in sort of this other dimension, right? Just a physical dimension. Yeah, yeah. examining what is happening in the design field. How is this current state of mind, this sort of collective consciousness at this certain point in time, how is this expressed yeah. in design, in furniture? How is that given form to? I think that, that is such a, exactly. such a cool parallel mm -hmm. where you can kind of read what's the state mm -hmm. just by looking, okay, what is the, the form language in other domains right now? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you can do that almost one-to-one. -one. Sometimes it's more difficult, of course. And it's not that everything is put into um, science. <laughs> you need to have like the artistic appro approach, but you can. You can see the one-to-one. -one. And that's why I also sometimes can do insights in the future because I start from a bigger perspective Because I, 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 I go in and see the tendencies, the flows within the future, and then I can translate that into maybe a form language. What advice would you give someone then who struggles with just being open, being more vulnerable, showing like the true imperfect self? Um, people might have fear of rejection, fear of mm. judgment. How should they go about it? Yeah. I think it's a very good question and I I want to I want to speak a little bit about myself because that's actually something I should learn myself as well. And because I work with what I do, I'm very often being used as an uh, with within a, uh, expert meanings and and of, of course what I do, but I I would love to talk a little bit about about my own insecurities and what to do with that in my own company. Because maybe that can, I don't know, help or, or do a perspective for others. I actually try to, I mentioned in the beginning, I mentioned that I use my intuition. And that is a very vulnerable place for me to, to be. I have a strong intuition. But spiritually, it's kind of for people to hear that. A lot of businesses are like, okay, I'm not buying, you know, if I cannot get the facts. I have a lot of facts. But where I'm very vulnerable is when I say I have a huge intuition and I work with it. Strategically, I work with it. But it's not tangible. No. Not really graspable for the clients. No, I of course it isn't. But I stand by it and I want to be that's, that's what you buy as well. And you can see the product here then I can give you what I mean, of course. I can, I can, sell, I can, I can show them how, the, how I work with it. I think it gives you, you, if you try to... What I have seen is that I open more up to more clients. They, they actually hire me for me instead of a product. And, and I think that's a big part of the future as well. Because when we get robots cobots as I call them colleagues that are robots in our, our future 
How can we as human beings stand out? I think it's about the vulnerability and the courage to stand out as who you are. And you are not only what you're educated about. You're also your feelings, your emotions, your way of being in life, your intuition, or you don't have it, or you like this and you like that. Of course, you can separate it. But if you want mm, the, the, the true uh, connections, I think it's very good to go in and try to find your own gravity anchor within yourself and work from inside out instead of outside in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds a lot also as if uniqueness will become the new perfection in the future. Right, so it's kind of you need to be yourself. Yeah, so and that's also your, a big struggle. Yeah, like oh show your God. personality inside out, right? Because in then a couple of years' time, technology and robots and cobots and everyone will be able to deliver perfection in so many different domains. Mm -hmm. Then, what's left for us humans might mm. be mm. the maybe not even the creative side. I mean, AI is also getting better on that, and yes. so. The emotions, really maybe. Emotions, uniqueness. Yeah, intuitive. What makes way. you? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But but I want to I wanna, mm, say a little bit about the uniqueness because there's also something that we have been doing a lot in this individual society. You know, we have two different kind of societies in, in the world. We have like community societies and then we have individuality societies. And the Western world is a big part of the individual societies we are brought up to that you are the winner the best man on the top that you yeah. can do it by yourself you are not reliable or you don't need your family to get to where you want community societies need the family and it's very treasured and friends to get to where you are what i mean about that is when we have this individuality And we also want the uniqueness. There's something um, I'm very interested in right now, actually, in my research. We should not measure uniqueness with flaws or being flaw or, or, or imperfection. Because you are also something if you're boring. You're also something if you're not unique, you know. So you can find yourself and work with yourself, your inner core, and then be be very good at, at saying what you want in your company um, and attracting more people through that. But you don't need to be anything other than you. And that's unique enough. Oh my God, that's very uh, hippie. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I get it. And what do you think, who needs to be the party who facilitates and encourages a culture of vulnerability and openness, if we see it in a business setting, for example, like is that something where hierarchy plays a factor? Who needs to be the initiator, like on which level in order for it to succeed in sort of this cosmos as a whole, like this, uh -huh. whether the ecosystem is a company or, mm. yeah. Well, I would say... In politics, people would be could be more vulnerable, and they are trying. But it's not. It's actually very exciting about who and where and and what and how to to rule rule the country. We have different kind of things to and where to do that. Of course, bigger 
companies would be very good to acknowledge that you and I are only human and they are as well. That is a good place to start. I think that the media could do a lot. And of course, around, okay, what do I mean about the media? Not what they show on TV, but also what they write about, who they want to talk about, what they want to pursue in, for example, a person or anything else. Is it always the gazelle people who should have, or is it more like the podcast like this? I see more and more people trying to have these stories brought up. A lot of people are talking about this um, hamster wheel and society is tiring and competition, but it's still brought up as the ones we put on top. So I think we should try a little bit more with big companies coming out saying, I did this failure, I did this, I couldn't. And people would maybe feel that it's so much easier to succeed as a human. Yeah. And do you think that, let's say, the, the microcosmos, if that could be, for example, the team in the company, can they succeed in shifting towards more vulnerability, more openness around failures, if the macrocosmos around it, let's say the organization as a whole they're working in, if they are not aligned on it, do you think they can push through? Start a little fire? <laughs> um, I don't know. It has a lot to do with, we still see that companies are very ruled from the top down. Um We see that people right now, consumers, for example, has a lot of power. Maybe there's one who has the fire in it that wants to share and the other ones are afraid. And this trend is so um, mental in a way. And it's so individual and it, it has much to do with courage that I don't even think that it's just like a You know, like a, a wave that can go through people has so much to do with where they are and what they're afraid of in their lives, economy, everything around them. But let's say four people are aligned. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I don't think it can go through if the company do not see that that this is something they can gain off. I could imagine it. It's just such a sort of fragile little movement that then is started within this huge organization where it just will so so easily be shut down by all the others, whether that is from other hierarchy levels, teams around them, whatever. It's it's hard you to it as, yeah. actually grow that new thinking, that new culture if there are different parties that are not, not aligned on it. Yeah, I, I, I imagine that too but still if it has an effect on reaching something good positive if it if it actually goes out there that's why i always think that is so interesting in 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 dynamics and trends because a little part in a company somewhere in a big corporate company starts something that goes like waves out to the society And why it actually becomes a success that day or that week is because the alignment inside Geist and the people who grabs it 
Maybe the bigger company do not see it, but that little noise is actually making like a wave and it's and it's it's matching because it goes right into the need of the consumer. But sometimes the voice is not big enough. Yeah. So if the company understands this and can use this, that you're not the company who makes the rules. It's actually society who has a need that you need to understand. Then you need to look into this. I would recommend every company to be a little bit more aware of this tendency. Yeah, makes really good sense. Not only for for sale and, 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 and product, but also within your own company, within the society and the company. It's of the microcosmos of yeah. company culture and that little universe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And well-being. Yeah. How could then influential figures, whether they are within the company or in society, what could they do to encourage this movement? I mean, it's probably a lot about leading by example, right? Mm. Is there anything else you've identified what can accelerate this movement well again I really think it has a lot to do with courage but also something to do with um, try it out for like maybe uh, try it out for your Somi or your marketing try to to do some little flaws you know try to navigate in the field of flaws it can be only just one little thing Something you can live with if you have like one company with yourself or you're not that big or maybe you have like a little one and a bigger one. I'm not saying you should do flaws because you need to do the trend. It has to be sincere. But instead of correcting yourself every time you do a flaw or you, which I don't even think is a flaw, but human. Every time you're human and you do something, Instead of taking the, the delete button on every time, stop and think. Would this maybe be more authentic, more sincere if I show that this is also a way of being and, and selling and, and my product is like this? Also encourage yourself to say you're good enough. Like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You just... You're just human. And that's such a relief for saying an anchor back to when I started with saying it's a huge counter effect and a big relief in a perfect world where everything is like also very much out of control. Yeah. And now, I mean, looking ahead into the future, what, what you are concerned with in your research, like, how do you envision the role of failures, openness around failures. Um, how do you see that evolving in our collective consciousness in the future? Well, I'm very concerned about that or not. I'm very into the, the tech, of course, the, the, the AI and everything that's, that goes on right now and human beings. And that's where this question is very good because you cannot talk about us in the future, human mm -hmm. sapiens, if you cannot talk about robots and, and tech kind of goes hand in hand and we have to consider this and here is 
one of the things with the imperfect, perfect imperfections. I know I speak in a meter meter way, but that's that's kind of our survival in this world, in the future, very much out in the future. Um, and we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate and being mirrored in being a human being. We already have people from the US going to psychology because they are in love with their AI. So we are developing emotions with robots and technology. So the humor effect that we can mirror ourselves in, that is a trend that needs to continue. And I see it continue, not being more, but we need to understand it. So we talk a lot about what are we going to work with in the future? Who do, who do we need? Then we talk about that, that people need to be more creative. But is it also something to do with being more aware about your flaws, emotions, intuitive feeling? And that's another step in human development where the technology is pushing us to do so. I think this aspect that you just brought up about mirroring and like this human need for we need to have something out there in society or in our surroundings, ideally other humans mm -hmm. that we can mirror ourselves in. I could imagine that that becomes increasingly difficult if both the humans out there well, pretend to be perfect mm -hmm. on all ends. And then they get more and more surrounded by technology, robots, AI, and so on, which is perfect by nature, kind of. Mm -hmm. It feels like if then the human perfection aspect would just continue, everyone will individually, collectively be quite lonely in a way that yeah. they will not be able to connect and mirror that Other people on the inside are feeling just the same, the same kind of lack and imperfection and so on. Yeah. But there is no way to identify that in other members of society, right? No. So it, it always comes back to to surviving. It Everything comes back to, you know, surviving as a race. But that's subconscious. So the subconsciousness is something also with mirroring being part of something. Um, a big tendency right now is a lot about biohacking, living a long life, the blue zones, parts of the world where people live very long. They are called the blue zones, where people are very healthy, they live very long. And this is a, a huge trend going on beside this flawsome thing which is also some something that has to do with technology where you want to hack yourself better, older, perfect, more healthy, everything. So then you have the 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 opposite thing going on. Yeah. And then you have the uh, uh, on the opposite side the big trend with I want to step out of society. I want to be myself. I want to I want to invest. I want to do flaws. I want to be vulnerable. I want to show that I'm ugly on TV, on social media. I want to do without makeup. I do wabi-sabi. I do everything that has to do with I celebrate. Not that it cannot be put together, but 
back to survival, we always do things, human being as animals, to survive. And we, we that's how we sell that little boat of zeitgeist and what we kind of hang into. So the mirroring is a lot to do also with, yeah, surviving. Interesting. Yeah. I think this whole, especially what you raised around, you know, we have these two different tendencies like where it's about you know show who you are be like be ugly on tv and all these things but then also self-optimize so mm -hmm. much i mean you, you see it here you know like my aura ring yeah, people yeah, run yeah. around with like fitness trackers yeah. biohacking everywhere you look i think especially in like new age business mm -hmm. and yeah I, i see that a lot as well yeah um, so i can totally you, can relate. you see these two go together then do you see that it can overlap Because I'm 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 this person who has both. I love flaws and I love to celebrate them and I, I can I, I I'm just me when I meet people and I wanna laugh loudly, but then I also wanna eat healthy and you know, I have I also have both sides within me, I think. And especially about like self optimization and biohacking and all these things. I think there it really comes down to What are you doing it for? Like, what's what's your actual intention behind it? Is it mm -hmm. because you want to be able to display yourself as more perfect on the outside, or is it because you want to thrive and sort of be? How should you call it? Want to be well a healthier, holistic human being, right? Mm -hmm. You can. I think you can like em embrace your flaws while ensuring that yeah. you as you know the human organism are functioning well i mm -hmm. think it comes a lot down to to the intentions behind it yeah yeah so they don't they're actually not north and west or south and north mm -hmm. they can be combined yeah i i totally agree i think we need to slowly bring this to a close yeah we've been going for quite a while extremely interesting i think if you could leave a question for the next guest on this show without knowing who it is, what is, would that be? What comes to mind? Wow. Um, I didn't have time to think about that, actually, but that's very good. The spontaneous way is always the best. Yeah, I think I will say, what do you, what have you done lately that was, um, that that made you find your own, own courage where you need to be courageous have you done anything lately that you can remember where you were courageous where you had to find your courage yeah awesome and where can we send people to connect with you if our listeners need to hear more about this about what you are doing where can we send them yeah well I have my homepage. It's called Reke Skude, which is very Danish. <laughs> Reke Skude with a Y. You can go in there and read more about what I do and you can contact me on that link. You can go to LinkedIn, my name, and also Instagram. And I put some of my ideas, perspectives inside up. Sometimes you can follow and, and see what I do. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Rike. That was super inspiring and I think exactly the bird's eye meta perspective that that we need to, to set the scene here. 
or yeah. what's to come for this podcast. I hope you will have a very good podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like, please go ahead and press the follow button to help grow the show and also to not miss out on any future episodes. And in the meantime, maybe try, as Rike said, try out something courageous and see where it takes you. Thank <laughs> you.